The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. And today we have with us our resident counselor, uh, Bubba. You know, it's really good to have a, a, a resident counselor. I agree. You know, and, and you and I probably fall into that uh, category related to finances sometimes for people, but I, I'm talking about our brains, our mm-hmm. emotions, that sort of thing. And so it's great to have uh, Cassandra Decker with us. Thanks, Cassandra. I'm happy to be here. It's always good to have you here. And now I'm going to start this this show off with a, a, a kind of a general question, but it may be funny to some people, but uh, it uh, may have uh, also a, a message behind it. And that is... Uh, is there a little devil and a little angel on everybody's shoulder? Oh, absolutely. In fact, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I work with most in mm-hmm. therapy is teaching people how to d- differentiate the difference between the voices because everybody's got one. Uh-huh. So those of us who act like we don't, <laughs> we're crazier than some other people. Any That voice is probably the loudest in those people. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. You're probably right. right. Because, you know, you, you take uh, just a, a mundane thing, you know, dinner. You got the little devil voice that wants to have an extra glass of wine before we even begin to prepare there, Bubba. And the little devil... Why are you focusing that towards me? (laughs) And and the little devil that wants the cream sauce Mm -hmm. and the little devil that wants a piece of bread with the butter and the garlic. And then you got the little angel over here that says, you know, you're supposed to have a salad tonight. Mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, absolutely. And it's, you notice how your voice changed when you, when you became that voice? Yeah. That's the problem is it gets really small and really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> because the other one was really loud mm-hmm. and probably the one we listen to most. Right. Because that one is the one that makes us feel good. That mm-hmm. one gives us instant gratification. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. also is the one that... Uh, could get me in trouble. Yes. Which is why I like pressure washing so much. <laughs> How did we get there? Well, you, you said instant gratification, right? Yeah, yeah. You can immediately see the results in washing all the dirt away, right? Yeah. yeah. That's. I mean, I think that's why many people uh, pressure wash, right? Mm-hmm, it, it's mm-hmm. it, and it's immediate gratification mm-hmm. when you see it happen, right? I love I pressure washing for yeah. that exact same thing. Yeah. Don't we? Yes. Don't we all? Yeah. yeah. My pressure washer actually belongs to Karen. You know, mm-hmm. she's right. in charge of the pressure washer. She calls Jeff Gardner to, to make sure that it's running. She mm-hmm. handles it because she absolutely loves that yeah. thing. And in fact, she's the one last year, Bubba, that called you for your attachment. Right. Yeah, Bubba's got this attachment. If you don't know about it, yeah. for your pressure washer, Cassandra. It's a big round thing that does sidewalks. Oh, Oh, and it's big? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. big, round. Oh, oh my gosh, because all I've got is a smaller one. Oh, yeah, you got the little oh. nozzle thing thing. Yeah. And he's got this big, round disc th- thing. Oh, you can have a ball with it. Or uh, That's what Karen says. <laughs> 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 and so this voice, these voices that we all 
here. Is it okay to admit all this in public? Oh, absolutely. Now, now you probably don't want to talk to each other in public. <laughs> now, that could be frowned upon. Right. But yes, I think everybody needs to admit that they have these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on all subjects? Yes. In most situations, we have um, something telling us to do right and something telling us to do wrong. Uh-huh. And you pointed out a minute ago that sometimes the, the, the wrong voice, the little devil voice is the one that gives me the most instant gratification and the most fun. Mm, yes, yes, absolutely. And that's why it's so loud. Mm-hmm. And we find this a lot in the financial world, don't we, Bubba? We do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was having a conversation with an attorney the other day, and he was telling me that the state of Mississippi has changed the conservatory r- rules, the conservancy rules. So if you and Bubba get together and you think I need to have a conservator, uh, it's going to be a little harder for you to get me committed or to get somebody in charge of my affairs because we've had some people that, for nefarious reasons, have gotten their in charge of their brother's money or whatever. And so, but he was telling me that they had a meeting and a bunch of the attorneys that do these kinds of actions and the chancery judges were in there, and one of the chancery judges was explaining the new rules. Now, what you're going to have to tell clients when they come to you and say that their brother-in-law is crazy and whatever. And he said throughout the thing, they're talking about all the rules and what you need to have. And you need to have a counselor and you need to have a health care professional and verify all these things. And, and, and he makes this point. The judge said, but stupid doesn't count. I mean, people who, <laughs> who, who make bad decisions, they, those don't, you know, they, they really have to have a, a, a diagnosed issue because some of us listen to the bad voice a lot. Mm-hmm. Some of us really don't know how to listen to the good voice, I guess. Well, and it's some people don't know there's a difference. They think mm. it's all one voice. Mm. And if it says to do this, then I must need to do it. Mm. This feels good. I'm going to do that no matter mm. what the consequences are. Right. And so then you spend a lot of time trying to help them fix it, put it back together. I spend an enormous amount of time with people helping them to learn the difference between the two voices. Mm. Because once you can tell the difference between the two voices, then you have the ability to combat that excited voice, the devil voice. Okay, so I guess, you know, I've, she's confirmed that I have a split personality because I've got right. these two voices. At least Bubba, one. you hear them? Yeah, right. <laughs> because I think now I'm almost realizing there are kind of three entities within me there's the devil voice, and there's the angel voice, and then there's the the calm middle ground trying to make the decision of who I am mm-hmm. and which one I'm going to listen to. Mm-hmm. Is that right? It, and, and this is going to sound strange, but it almost sounds like Freudian. Yeah. The id, the ego, and the superego. That, that's, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And, and for those of us who are really conscious of this, um, we have to admit that these are entities within myself. Um, and... Does that mean that we're encouraging people to admit that they're crazy or different? No, that's normal, right? Right. It It's called having insight. Mm. If you can understand that you have these two voices, mm-hmm. then that makes you more intelligent and more mentally healthy, actually. Oh. So before we go to break, um, I'm going to 
tease everybody about what we're going to talk about the rest of the show. You know, yesterday, Bubba, we talked about these milestones that people have in their life. And if they look back, how that they would have preferred to have had some financial advice through each one of these, mm-hmm. uh, a career, marriage, divorce, major issues that happen in the middle of your life. You may have to move back with mom, right? all those things. Well, today we want to discuss those things from a mental point of view, from a mental health care point of view. And, you know, if you're getting ready to face some of these milestones, maybe some things you need to do to prepare yourself to do it well and do it better and to feel better about yourself. So hang in there with us here at the Advisors Roundtable as we discuss these things with our counselor, our resident counselor, Cassandra Decker on Super Talk Radio. The Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Bubba Labus and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you today here with Cassandra Decker, our resident counselor. And, and Cassandra, uh, as I introduced earlier, uh, yesterday we talked about these various milestones that people go through in their life. And, you know, if you really think about it, it'd be re- really great to second guess myself or at least uh, look at another alternative or get some advice. One of them, um, and I find as I have this discussion with people, especially with my own children, it brings a lot of anxiety is, do I go to college or not? That is a huge one Mm. because it's a huge investment. Mm. It is for myself or my family. Mm -hmm. It's an investment of my money, my time. Um, it also is taking a chance. Am I going to measure up? Mm-hmm. Can I do this? Huh? Yeah. Um, now, in order for us to be aware that these things bring us stress and our, our issues, um, we, we probably need to be more open to talk about them. Do you find that our society is more open to talk about our mental health than we were? Well, I think it has gotten better, and and even to shrink it down a little bit just in this area, Mm. it's still really difficult for people to admit that they are anxious or they are overwhelmed or anything is wrong at all. That is one of the biggest things that I see, especially in this area. Okay. Nobody wants to admit that there's... They're not absolutely perfect. Like in this geographic area, this uh, of the South, mm-hmm. we we have um, is there a, a, some sort of um, socially accepted attitude that we just don't talk about those things? Oh, I think in the South, especially, yes, right. we don't we don't talk about things. You just put your lipstick on and you just <laughs> pretend everything's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, when it's probably not. Right. No, it's not. And they probably drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in relation to school, Greg mm-hmm. and I were having this conversation mm-hmm. yesterday on the way to the radio station. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about uh, individuals at the Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. So in order to get into the Naval Academy, you're a, you're a high-functioning, high-achieving mm-hmm. individual, top of your class. I mean, it's, it's a rigorous standard to get there, right? Mm-hmm. And Greg and I were talking about, um, you know, the, the percentage of the, the students in the Naval Academy currently that are, have performance anxiety, mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. Uh, separation anxiety, and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so even with high-performing individuals, maybe even more so, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got some of these issues that you're dealing with. Yeah. Well, I, and I'll be honest with you. I see especially anxiety issues so much more with people who are high achieving and have that level of perfectionism. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult because you have these standards you've set for yourself and mm-hmm. and you never feel like you're living up to them. Mm-hmm. Even when you do. 
Right. Even when you make the 34 on the ACT and you're in the top five in your class, well, I wasn't number one. Right. I should have gotten a 35. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a 34. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then in, in your example, Bubba, Bubba, people go to one of these academies. They go off to the military or naval or whatever, and now they're in the room with other people like them. Yeah. They're not the only one, the only smart one in the room. They're in there with 40 smart ones in their calculus class. Mm-hmm. And so the stress is even more. Right. Because, you know, when I was at Corinth High School, I only had one or other two, one or two other people I could you know, really be concerned for that they were going to make the 100 on the test like I was. Mm-hmm. But in here, I probably need to get the bonus question, too, mm-hmm. to be number one. And the stress, the going to sleep with that, to waking up with that, um, I can only imagine what you're carrying. Well, and, and you can kind of look at your and my daughters are the same age, mm-hmm. and they went to school together at mm-hmm. Corinth, mm-hmm. and their class was an extremely high-achieving class. That's true. They had, I think, like 41, 4.0 and above. Right. So somebody who was a B student looked mm-hmm. at that and thought, oh, I'm, just, I'm just not smart at all. No. Well, yes, you are. You're just... <laughs> yeah. Look who you're... you're yeah, right. you're in there with Einstein. Right. Or 12 other <laughs> Einsteins. Right. Um, and so this choice uh, and this um, anxiety along with the choice starts early for us. Many of us have been dealing with it, I guess, all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Through childhood, adolescence. Absolutely. The teenage years, young adulthood. Mm-hmm. When's the best time to start addressing this, to talk to somebody? I think the earlier you start, the better. And when I deal with, I work with a lot of high school kids, mm-hmm. the best time is to help them at that point. And it's going back to that voice, mm-hmm. anxiety kind of lives in that devil voice as well. Uh, and so if we can help them learn how to identify the difference between that anxiety voice and mm-hmm. the realistic voice, yeah. then when they're 35 years old and feeling the pressures of, of adulthood and, and work, mm-hmm. they're better able to manage life. Yeah. And so um, who, who would refer a high schooler? Is it the high schooler that tells the parent? Uh, and, and I'm asking you from your experience, like on a percentage basis, do you think that the high schoolers tell the parents, I need help? Or is a parent or a guardian realizing this? Does it come from the point of view of the school? Who, who really is the, the person that says, whoa, Something needs to be discussed here with a professional. Do you think it's uh, the, the child themselves that, uh, that does that, or is it the guardian who suggests it? Well, I, I think it, it, it needs to come from the guardian. Okay. And it's, it's, a lot of people think, oh, if you go to a therapist, it must mean that you have issues. Mm-hmm. But that's not really accurate. Mm-hmm. It, a lot of times I am dealing with people with some serious mental health issues, mm-hmm. but majority of the time I'm dealing with people who are having anxiety or um, issues, who am I, trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. So when a parent sees their child who is kind of um, really hard on themselves overachieving, mm. not having social outlets, mm. working super hard, feeling extremely stressed out, mm-hmm. it might be time to go talk to somebody. So those are the symptoms. Yes. You would say, if you're a parent or a guardian listening to this, a parent, gar- grandparent, wh- whomever, um, when they're hard on themselves, mm-hmm. 
when they don't do a lot of a lot of things socially? I mean, give give us those lists of of symptoms again there. So it's going to be somebody who is having problems sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get a, a really a, a pretty good grade on a test, but they start to beat themselves up, they okay. use but a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did okay, but I should have. Uh, um, uh-huh. You see them being more anxious, fidgeting with their fingers, biting their nails, picking their lips, mm-hmm. um, playing with their hair. Okay. Um, and if you see them having just a struggling time in high school, mm-hmm. that's when you need to notice, okay, maybe they do need to talk to someone. Right. Because it's really hard to talk to your parents. You're, <laughs> you're going to filter what you say to your guardians. <laughs> yes. No, everything's fine. Yeah. And nobody at school is going to say, I need to refer this girl. She's got straight A's and she's mm-hmm. doing really well in school. She needs to see sure. somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because back to those social norms, or at least our perceptions, we think that the person who needs to see the counselor is the person who's a D or an F student, who is not measuring up, who dresses weird, who who doesn't have any friends, who lives on the wrong side of the track. I mean, we have all of these stereotypes, and yeah, maybe those people need some help too, but you can be a perfect person. And need to talk to somebody. That's really hard. And it, it travels on through adulthood. I mean, mm. there are so many people that are high achieving and, and they're goal oriented. Mm-hmm. But when, especially like when the pandemic hit and mm. everybody's life kind of came to a standstill, well, people didn't have goals to reach and they're at home. And oh my gosh. Yeah. What do as I long do as myself? I'm going to school and I'm beating Bubba in calculus class, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not going to school and seeing Bubba and know what his test grades were and, and realizing that in the midst of the presentation that I'm answering more questions for the professor than he is, you know, I, I feel good about myself. But when that's not there, mm-hmm. mm. it's really difficult. And coming out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. there have been so many people that have anxiety that didn't realize they had anxiety uh, because they had desensitized themselves mm-hmm. since they were a child mm-hmm. to do all these things. Then you take somebody, insulate them, and then just drop them back into the reality again. Ooh. Look at going to Walmart. Ooh. It used to be okay to go to Walmart, but now people are thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do that. That's too many people. Right, right. Yeah, somebody may sneeze two aisles over. <laughs> and I'm going to be extremely concerned about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I spend more time thinking about, you know, does he have his mask on and is he keeping his distance away from me than I do shopping. Mm-hmm. And then I come out and I get half the stuff that I wanted to get. Right. Or, oh my gosh, does someone want to want to talk to me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to get out of here. I don't mm-hmm. want to talk to anybody. I can't mm-hmm. people right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's happened over the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. A completely different um, attitude and approach to it has just been cast on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to think about ways to deal with that. So if you're having a conversation, we've got a couple minutes before the next break. Uh, you're having a conversation with a high schooler mm-hmm. that is one of these high achievers that uh, it has a little bit of anxiety and it's been realized and they come in. Uh, where do you start? Where's the baseline? Where, where do we start and how do we help them move forward so they have stronger mental health well and there are some simple things you can do mm-hmm. there's there's something you can do called the five whys okay and you can ask the high schooler okay so why do you need to get 4.0 in school okay well because i want to get into a good college okay. why mm-hmm. well because i want to have a good career why mm-hmm. 
uh, I don't know why they usually <laughs> won't get to the fifth why. Okay. And so you can say, okay, so then what are you doing all this for? Why are you working so hard? Uh, Let's talk about, okay, so why do you have to get 4.0 all the time? Mm. Who's going to, why does this matter if your mental health is going to be affected? Mm. Yeah. So 3.8 is fine. Oh my gosh, it is fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's even 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 in graduate school, you know, I I thought to myself, I've got to get I've got to be 4.0. Mm. No one's ever asked me what grade I got in grad school. No one. No. 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 Bubba and I have this conversation all the time. We get all those letters after our names. Very few times in my whole 30-year career has anybody asked me, "What does that one stand for?" Yeah. "How did you get that one?" How many times do you have to study for that? Bubba, what kind of test do you have to pass for that? Right. Anybody ever ask you that? Um, very, very rarely. Absolutely. Very rarely. Absolutely. If, if at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it might have come up in conversation. I volunteered it. Yeah. I, I said, you know, I took this test and it took 10 hours to take it. It was like running a marathon. Yeah. You know? I want you listening yeah. to me because I earned it. And all you know at the end is, is it, did you pass or did you fail? Yeah. yeah that's that's right. kind of a tough test. Yeah. It was a very tough yeah. test. When I took it, it shows how old I was. I had to wait three weeks to get mm -hmm. the answer. Did I pass in, yeah. the, in uh -huh. the mail? You're talking about anxious for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd invested two or three years of my life into that. Yeah. We're going to take another break at the Advisors Roundtable with Cassandra Decker here, Bubba and Greg, and continue to talk about these milestones of life and little points of interest and advice we should have right here, Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Cooley and Labus with you here on Super Talk Radio with our resident counselor, uh, Cassandra Decker. And Cassandra, we're talking about these milestones that maybe it'd be good to get a little bit of advice through. Yesterday, Bubba and I talked about uh, financial advice that, you know, we could talk about going to college and ways to pay for college and don't get too much debt, that sort of thing. And we talked in the other segment about uh, the stress related to those kinds of decisions. Bubba and I also talked about uh, premarital counseling. Is that big decision about marriage or not? I, um, I relayed yesterday that I think we, uh, me and Kimberly had uh, three sessions, mm -hmm, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, and also talked about the, the personality profile test and how normal mine was <laughs> as compared to hers, right? Um, but even looking back on it now, I think, man, wouldn't it have been better if we had more sessions, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that... Um, so what would you have talked about? If you had had more sessions and Cassandra could have been sitting there, what, what do you feel now, having been 20 years into marriage, it would have been better for you to talk about? Well, I, I would first say that um, you go see a professional for a reason, mm. and you kind of let them direct the conversation to a degree, uh, right? Um, so there are probably things that I'm, I'm not even thinking of to even mention, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But you could talk about parenting. You could talk about your, uh, your ideas on money, mm -hmm. uh, how you communicate in a relationship, uh, all kinds of different stuff, right? And don't let me steal your thunder here, Cassandra, but you know, <laughs> Great I'm on a roll, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah. But what I was going to say is I think that, uh, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, there was this certain stigma, mm. right, associated with mental health and that mm -hmm. sort of thing that if you went to see a counselor or a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever, right, yeah. that there was something wrong with you. He's in therapy. He's in therapy, Ooh. right? And and almost as if you're, um, you're going in with – and you're already defeated, right? Because mm -hmm. you've got to go seek help, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I guess my question to Cassandra would be, how do you kind of dispel that mm -hmm. that mentality of 
um, of you're you're defeated. There's something wrong with you if you go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it, it, it takes some people having some guts to say, mm-hmm. well, you know, I, I talked to somebody, everybody, I have yeah. a couple that are like, no, everybody needs a therapist. Mm-hmm. And honestly, everybody does. <laughs> because really. you've already told me everybody's got two voices. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm there to help you figure out the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to have somebody who's a professional that can kind of help guide you through things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even you know, people are having tough decisions. I don't know whether to put my, you know, my mom is retiring. Do I, you know, do I help her get into a nursing home mm-hmm. or do I do her, you know, have her at home? I don't know what to do. Right, right. Well, your family's not going to be really going to give you honest advice. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So having someone to talk to can mm-hmm. be helpful. Mm-hmm. Premarital counseling is absolutely a, a huge benefit. If you want your marriage to be lasting, mm-hmm. premarital counseling is absolutely imperative. Yeah. Okay. Because there are things you ask and you talk yeah. about money. Who's the spender? Mm-hmm. Who's the saver? Mm-hmm. What are your argument styles? Mm-hmm. Uh, discipline. How are we going to discipline children? What are our beliefs yeah. about children? What about religion? Which religion mm-hmm. are we going to raise our children? There's mm-hmm. so many different questions. Or, or if you should even get married at all. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I mean, gosh. wouldn't it be better to know that on the front end? <laughs> or is that why people aren't going to premarital yeah. counseling? It might they be, yeah. Know it. yeah. Right? <laughs> we know this is wrong, but we want to yeah. do it. But what, those of us who should have been talked out yeah. of it, we didn't go. That's yeah. right. Because <laughs> they're living in that devil voice. They're like, oh, let's do it. This didn't work out so well the last three times, but this one I know. I feel it. It's going to be right. right. Right, yeah, yeah. She's the right one. She yeah. just liked my second wife. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> We could do a whole segment on that right there, too. Mm-hmm. We could. Mm-hmm. But I think you make a great point, Bubba, that those of us who um, have done marriage and we've been very fortunate, we got the right person, we've done, we're in it 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, we realize that it's by the grace of God we got here. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, we didn't talk about argument styles. We didn't talk about communication. We didn't talk about sex. We didn't talk about religion. We didn't talk about politics. We didn't talk about money. And all of those things can be reasons you get divorced later on. Right. And and that is usually when people start to come to me, especially couples, mm-hmm. is when, okay, we're either going to go see Cassandra or we're getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you come in, it's it's I'm usually the last stop. Do you feel the pressure? Can you feel it in the air? I can I can feel what they feel, mm. but I always go into it thinking mm. all marriage has potential to be saved. It's just a matter of mm. Good. are you willing to admit it mm-hmm. that there's some problems, mm-hmm. and are you willing to work on it, and do you want to make it work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the one of the heartbreaking things I'm sure is when you look over, you know, Bubba and Kimberly come in, and and you realize Kimberly wants this to work. She's willing to do the things. She's willing to sacrifice. Bubba ain't right, and you got to tell them. I bet that's tough, isn't it? Well, I don't tell them. Oh, good. I work with them so that they can come to that realization they, on their own. They realize and, it. And there are a lot of times that I work with people to help them through a divorce. Mm. Rather than they determine, no, we've decided we just can't make this work. And then I'll work with them so that they can have a healthy co-parenting or a healthy divorce. Okay. So that's one of the other milestones mm-hmm. we talked about yesterday, but right. we talked about we're making a career choice. We talked about the marriage. We talked about the, the divorce mm-hmm. from a mental health standpoint. How do you help somebody get through a divorce? And what are the major hurdles you're going to be facing as you help them dissolve and do it help in, in a, a way that they can move on? 
Well, there's, and it kind of depends on what happens. If there's, if there's a, a in, an activating event, so a situation, mm. he's cheated or she's cheated, or there's a reason we're getting divorced, mm-hmm. well, then we can work through the anger and the hurt in there. Mm. The harder ones are when we just don't love each other anymore or we just don't want to be together anymore. Isn't that interesting? She says that's harder. Mm-hmm. But now that I think about it, I can imagine it is. Because mm-hmm. who, who are you mad at? You don't have anything to be mad at. You don't have any reason to blame anyone. So you have to kind of just go through the loss for the sake of the loss. Yeah, I I can imagine because you have to dig it out then. Why don't we love each other anymore? Mm -hmm. I mean, if it was an affair or you spent all my money, then I know why I hate you. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. I can turn this divorce into, oh, I just hate him so much. Mm -hmm. And now everything turns into this one thing that is anger. Mm. And you can skip over all the other feelings. (laughs) (laughs) But when we don't have that precipitating event, as you said, we got to deal with all the other feelings Mm -hmm. and all the other lack. Right. And all of the other scars. And and boy, you you really got a number of layers to dig through there, don't you? Well, and, and picture it. Let's say, Bubba, you and Kimberly decide that you're going to split up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So Kimberly is going to be Team Kimberly, right? Mm-hmm. And your friends are going to be Team Bubba. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. oh, she stinks and she's terrible. And, oh, my gosh, he's terrible. He's horrible. Mm-hmm. So who's going to be honest with you? Well, my friends are going to be really honest with me, and her friends are going to be really honest <laughs> with her because that's what we want to hear. Right. You know? Yeah. But you're really on, your friends are going to be honest with you about her. They ain't yeah. telling you nothing about you. Right. Exactly. Bubba, maybe you shouldn't yeah. cook so much. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or cook so well. Yeah, you right. make her feel yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, really? Mm-hmm. Because the honesty and the source of the honesty is a big issue, isn't it? Right. And, you know, I have a lot of people when they come in and I tell them in the beginning, you're not always going to like what I have to say. But you don't need somebody on your team. You need somebody who's going to be honest with Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes they don't come back because they say, (laughs) it's like premarital counseling. That was a little too honest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I want you to tell me I'm right. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what we want to hear? Absolutely. Because that goes back to the voice. That voice wants to hear, I'm right, and you're a big meanie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the career thing, the marriage thing, the divorce thing, it, it's, it's really good to seek some advice. Well, and it's really nice. Imagine if, in, you know, a typical session is an hour long. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you get to go somewhere, and for an hour, you get to talk about you. Mm-hmm. And the things that you think and you feel and you've got someone that's not going to interrupt you and compare stories and then talk about themselves you've got someone who is honed in to listen to you mm-hmm. and to hear you and you feel safe and comforted it's a nice warm environment do you have to bring me back to center sometimes because i don't really want to talk about you i want to talk about her Yes. I want to talk about Bubba. Mm-hmm. I want to talk talk about Phil. I want to talk about the president. I want to talk about the Democrats. I want to talk about the Republicans. I want to talk about Ole Miss. I want to talk about state. I want to talk about my professor. I want to talk about my, my boss. I want to talk about me. Mm-hmm. And, and we have techniques. So mm-hmm. if, if, let's say, you're talking about all those things, mm-hmm. I would say to you, okay, 
I'm going to give you five minutes and I want you to tell me every bad thing you think about everything. Okay. And then when that five minutes is up, we'll kind of go back to talking about uh, the other things. Okay. So you do, it, it's a conscious thing you have to do with me it, to bring me back to center. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I don't want to talk about me. Right. I don't want those. And what Why about not? like when I'm anxious? People, mm -hmm. I have, people will come in, gosh, my mind's just racing. I've got all these things I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell them, okay, I want you to take this piece of paper and a pen. I want you to write down all the things you're worried about. Okay. So they write them all down. And then I'll tell them, I want you to circle the things you have control over. <laughs> <laughs> that call, that, that's a very uh, interesting conversation. Oh, I can imagine. Uh -huh. I can imagine. We're up against another break here. Uh, very interesting subject. We're going to continue it here with Cassandra Decker on Super Talk Radio at the Advisors Roundtable with Greg and Bubba. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you here on Super Talk Radio with our resident counselor, Cassandra Decker. And uh, Cassandra, we've covered a, a wide swath of, of subject matter so far of these milestones of life where we probably need some counseling through. I want to stop and uh, address um, some terms. You know, not all of us went to grad school and, and, and not all of us have, 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 you know, spent our life counseling people and not all of us have certifications after our name related to mental health. But many of us use terms, mm -hmm. you know, PTSD. Mm -hmm. Do we have any idea what PTSD really is? I, I don't, unless you have it, mm -hmm. you don't really know what it is. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. So the term... Post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Yes. Okay. What does that really mean? If I had PTSD, do I have to have been in the military? To... No, absolutely not. Okay. There could be some other event or series of events or experiences mm -hmm. that could cause me to have PTSD. Mm -hmm. um, how do you treat it? Well, there's, and without getting too technical, mm -hmm. one of the ways that I have a specialized therapy that mm -hmm. I use, and it's it's actually by kind of helping you process through some tapping and things, um, and it helps it process through immediately and happens, it, it does it within 24 hours and really? the symptoms are alleviated and then you go through some more talk therapy to kind of deal with the remnants of it. Okay. Um, but talk therapy, talking to somebody who knows how to respond when you have um, trauma triggers and, mm. and will not be uh, frightened when you have issues from those symptoms. Mm. All right, so um, give me some examples of, you know, because I could be walking around with PTSD and not know it, right? Right. Because you, you said off, off the air, there are a lot of us who, you know, are ADHD or ADD or PTSD or whatever, and we've just never been diagnosed. We've never allowed ourselves to address it. But give me some examples of things that could have caused PTSD. I, I, I may not have been on the front line in, in a battle, mm -hmm. but what are some normal things you see in society that have happened to people that you say, you know, he's got PTSD because of that car wreck mm -hmm. or whatever? What are some of those things that some of our listeners may have had happen in their lives that um, you can help them start to recognize? Well, I would say any, uh, I 
unfortunately deal with a lot of first responders mm-hmm. because they are on the scene of a lot of very traumatic issues mm-hmm. and they'll do their job and they'll go home and then six, eight months later they have issues because they mm-hmm. never processed it through. Oh. Um, I've dealt with people who have been the first person on the scene to a car accident mm-hmm. or have been through a car accident or have dealt with like an animal attack mm-hmm. or there's an issue where you thought you might die or someone told you about something where they almost died. Oh, gotcha. Um, it could be, there's so many different situations. It is anything that causes you to feel like you could be harmed, mm-hmm. seriously harmed, hurt, or someone else. And everybody's triggers are different. Somebody could walk up to a car accident and have no issues. Mm-hmm. Someone else is the first on the, on the scene of a car accident and they can't get it out of their mind. Uh-huh. And just because you can't get it out of your mind, but I can, that doesn't mean you're strange. You're just different. Right. It, it, and some people, like I've had a more difficult life than a lot of people, mm-hmm. so I'm probably not going to be triggered the same way mm-hmm. someone who hasn't been through as much thing, as okay. many things. Got you. Right, right. Uh, because sometimes having faced the things you've faced, you've all not desensitized, but you have allowed yourself to be able to process things that I've never faced. And then I face them. That's completely new and different and traumatic to me. And to you, you're like, I did that when I was 12. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I'll tell you what is interesting is, is there's a therapy I do and it takes about 10 minutes and it's just a, a small tapping. Mm-hmm. And if I can get somebody within three weeks of a traumatic event, I help them. It will process the event through and it will not become PTSD. Oh. So somebody who is a firefighter or somebody who comes on an accident or somebody who's been through something difficult, you can do this small therapy, mm. very short therapy, and it ensures it won't turn into PTSD. Cool. All right. Uh, ADD. What is, what is really attention deficit disorder and how many of us do you think have it? I think there are so many people that are walking around with some kind of ADD because it used to be ADHD. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see the little five-year-old boy running around like he's got a motor on. Because he's brain. got the hyper part. Yes. Okay. But there's, so there's ADHD, hyperactivity, and then, and then inattentive type. Okay. And so what that might look like is somebody who is really clumsy. It could be because they're distracted when they're walking. Mm. It, it could be, I, I deal with ADD. My daughter calls me 85 percenter because I finish about 85 percent of anything that I start. And I've constantly got 15 different projects going at one time. Right. I'll have one half of one wall painted and then I'm sanding another wall and then I'm doing the floor over there. And at the end of the day, I get nothing done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? People like you and my wife, they think people like me uh, maybe maybe I'm not working hard enough. You've been working on that one thing all day. What about th- this laundry over here? You didn't do anything with the car. Well, what are you going to do about your mother? Did you handle that other bill? Oh, you know. And I'm I'm one of these people. I, I'm I can hyperfixate. Mm-hmm. I'm on the other side. So I'm going to do this until it's perfect. Huh? Somebody with ADD does not understand that. <laughs> <laughs> right? And somebody who can hyperfixate, they're frustrated, you know, with the fact that you never finish anything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You're starting another project. You didn't even finish that one. <laughs> yeah. But we have a rationalization too. But I'm going to do this here, and then I'm going to walk over there and finish that. And then I'm going to do the laundry, and mm-hmm. then I'll make the bed. And mm-hmm. yes, it all makes sense in our head. <laughs> right. We've right. got a couple minutes left, and mm-hmm. I know yesterday we left the show with moving back in with mom, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I want to ask, uh, and this is one of my pet peeves, I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. especially when you see. Uh, individuals who, who what I perceive as being taken advantage of, mm-hmm. right? A parent who co- constantly or consistently uh, helps children when they ought to be out on their own because they're capable of doing it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, at what point is it enabling and the parent needs to, uh, you know, exercise tough love and say, fly, mm-hmm. little birdie, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at what point is it really something that's debilitating to the child and they really need help and they need to be living there good question well it is very it's it's cut and dry but not really cut and dry so if you feel like if someone tells you your kid needs to be moving out Mm -hmm. that's a sign that's probably true yeah (laughs) but likely it happened with an enabling them in high school and enabling them mm-hmm. as a child. So you were probably pretty uh, an enabling kind of a person. And I deal with a lot of parents that are, that'll tell me, oh, my son has moved in, he's in the house, he's in the basement, he won't do anything. And, and we don't, we need you to help us. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to like the way I help you because I'm going to help you to set boundaries and he's mm-hmm. going to have to move out at some point. Uh-huh. But what happens if he goes hungry? He's not going to go hungry. <laughs> he is not yeah. going to go hungry. Give him a bag of food. Uh, but what if he doesn't find a place to live he'll find a place to live Mm -hmm. he'll get a job Mm -hmm. yeah but what happens is the people the parent we don't like the way it makes us feel so we go and fix it so it doesn't make us feel bad right but it may not be good for his feelings and his personality and his situation right and I'll be honest with you, I have my daughter, she went away to college her first semester and she had way too good of a time. Mm-hmm. And I told her, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to bring your butt home. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, mm-hmm. but she didn't straighten up. I brought her butt home and she did all of her assignments in two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, caught up. And then she stayed at home until she was, and she's going to go next semester yeah. to state. Mm-hmm. But it did not make me feel good and she did not like me. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is, uh, that, that's the risk we all have to face, whether we face our two voices or we face our children's situation. We're going to have to face things that are not going to make us feel comfortable. Right. We have to get out of that voice that makes us feel good. And sometimes we have to do things that don't make us feel good. It makes uh, us feel icky. <sighs> All right, Cassandra, we're going to let you leave us on a bad note there. But it, it is truthful, and we thank you very much for being with us. We're going to have you back more often here on the Advisors Roundtable, Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting 
consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.